We want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report Podcast with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today's episode is sponsored by Marketing Edge, a national nonprofit committed to shaping the future of marketing leadership by connecting students, academics, and professionals to the resources and relationships they need to see, move, and stay ahead. Today joining us is Sonia Christensen, VP Global Platform Partnerships at Triple Lift. Let's jump in and get to know Sonia. Sonia, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Eric. I'm happy to be here. This is my first podcast ever. So wow. very excited to do it with we, you guys. Awesome. We're thrilled that you're hanging out with us. For those listening that don't know Sonia, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your culture? Where are you from? Yeah. So I am from a very far away land of Canada. So I am uh, <laughs> I'm the daughter of an immigrant from Denmark. My mom is kind of like a hodgepodge of all things, British and European and Canadian. So technically, I'm an immigrant from Canada mm. myself. I moved down to the US ooh, eight years ago now. Mm. Yeah, down to San Francisco. Background identity. Yeah, so in addition to being female, I'm also an active member of the LGBTQ community as well. Excellent. You know, Sonia, you mentioned sort of like your mom's background too, British, Canadian, hodgepodge. Now you're here for almost 10 years. What kind of influences did that have for you growing up, having sort of a different sort of mixed background there, if you will? Yeah, it's interesting because Canada and, and the U.S. have very different approaches, I think, to diversity. Like in Canada, we call ourselves a cultural mosaic, whereas you hear so often in the U.S., it's a melting pot. You're American and everything gets distilled down to that. But I felt like growing up in Canada, it was much more like honoring each of our individual backgrounds, which was a nice way to, to come up. And I like that mosaic approach, to be honest. I think we could do a little bit of better job of, of implementing that down here in the U.S. below the 49th parallel. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you about, I remember a few years ago, I want to say it was maybe five years ago, six years ago, there were some of the most beautiful pictures I saw on Facebook and they were of your wedding. I want to ask you about what that day meant for you. Can you describe that event for us? Yeah. Yeah, it was magic. So my wife, Olivia, it was back in 2016. So very good memory. We got married at Beltane Ranch, which is in Glen Ellen, part of Sonoma County. So out in wine country. Tough to take a bad photo in wine country in September. I'll I'll put that out there. Um, And I mean, my wife definitely makes any photo look 10 times better. So credit to her on that for making me look great. It was an unbelievable day having my family from mostly Canada, family and friends. She's Japanese and Italian, grew up on the East Coast of the US. And yeah, having everyone there, I felt it was one of those days where I was very present in my Mm. body, if that Mm. makes sense. And people say, you know, your wedding day, like, good luck. Like, look at the photos and the video after and that's how you'll live it. But I really tried to be to be there. And I'm, I'm telling you, when we were doing our vows, like, everyone was crying. I don't know if it was because it was two females reading vows to each other or what. It was just like one of those lightning in a bottle days that, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. And I hope the photos did it justice for the folks that couldn't be there. 
I tell you, it was um, it was powerful. It was tremendous, and you could certainly feel it coming through. So that's why I wanted to ask you about that. What's home life like for you these days? Yeah. So we are now in Sonoma. This is a new development. Talk about Beltane Ranch. It's 15 oh. minutes up the road from where I am right now. So <laughs> two of us, two cats. One was a pandemic cat. So we adopted mm-hmm. a foster during lockdown. For the last five or six years, we've been in Oakland, in Jack London Square. But we, when, you know, when everything was shutting down, everybody wanted more space. We've always wanted to live out in Sonoma. And mm-hmm. so we got a place out here. We just like just this weekend, we started moving furniture. So home life has just gotten very peaceful. There's like trees everywhere and oaks and palms and California poppies and mustard flowers. So it looks different than it did even a month ago. But a lot of a lot of quiet time, a lot of reading, a lot of cooking, a lot of hiking. That's what home life looks like. <laughs> no kids as yet, other than the very, very privileged cats that are wow. fortunate to to get spoiled by Olivia and I. You got married in Sonoma, you moved out to Sonoma. Why Sonoma? Tell us Have why you, you love it. Have you been so much. here, man? Have you yes. been out here? Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I think there's different different places where have you ever like touched down somewhere and you just feel you're aligned with your surroundings, your environment. That's how I I felt in Sonoma. It's like, there's something very magical and not necessarily everyone feels it, but look, it's 50 minutes from San Francisco. So it's easy to shuttle back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like this bucolic, idyllic, completely different part of the world you know, but you're still in Northern California and everything's progressive. And so mm. I'm a sucker for nature. So I'm, I'm very happy surrounded by trees and the wine doesn't hurt either. I'll mention yeah. that. <laughs> Sonia, what's it like uh, being VP of Global Platform Partnerships at Triple F these days? Tell us a little bit about work. What's happening at work? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So for those of you who don't know Triple F, we're a technology company and the work that we do is reinventing ad placements. You might know us for native, and we're also doing big things in video and CTV and display. So my role, I specialize in the platforms ecosystem. So specifically, our demand side platforms like Google's DB360 and the Trade Desk and Xander and Amazon. So I have a team of 14 that leads our partnerships with the more than, I guess, 60 DSPs and audience networks that are plugged into the Triple Lift Exchange today. So a lot going on, a lot of fun. The team has grown a ton in just the last two years as the company has continued to scale. And there's a lot of interesting industry challenges that we all have in digital right now. And we're just having a a ton of fun fun working with our partners and figuring all those out together. Awesome. Yeah, and I would love to dig a little bit more into sort of, you know, your position and and partnerships. What do you love about the partnership role that you're in today? Good question. One of the things with partnerships is like it's impossible in our industry to know everything. And I'm obsessed with learning new things and our partners' businesses are changing all the time and it feels like mastery in this role is impossible. And I really like that because you can you can become like a subject matter expert, but there's there's really no mastery, and there's very few like know it alls in programmatic and in partnerships. And if anybody says they're a know it all, just ask them about privacy and identity, and just watch them start sweating profusely. So <laughs> I mean, it's a really dynamic role. Like it's not quite sales, but it kind of is. It's not quite product, but it kind of is. 
and you have to be a bit of a Swiss army knife. So I'm just constantly learning new things. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, I would agree with you. I mean, that in the role that you're in right now, you're working with sales, you're working with other departments, I would imagine internally at Triple Lift, but across the board and uh, at other companies. So it's got to be pretty cool to sort of have that variety of individuals you work with in, in different areas and people that have different subject matter expertise. Exactly. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. And I learn more from our partners and our internal audiences that I work with than any other resource. So a continuous sponge four and a half years in at Triple Lift. Gotcha. I'd love to ask you about diversity, equity, and inclusion in our industry. Obviously, the topic has come to the forefront over the last year or, or so. And a lot of companies are talking about things that they want to do. Some companies are actually implementing and, and taking some real great steps. So I'd love to get your thoughts on just our overall industry. Where do you think we are with diversity, equity, and inclusion? And then what do you think we can be doing to improve it across the board in our space? Yeah, I think we're probably in like the second inning, which is a good thing and a bad thing because we should be mm -hmm. way further along. But mm -hmm. it's a good thing because there's nothing but upside and we can get a lot better than we're at right now. So mm -hmm. I think like look, it's we're in tech at yep. the end of the day. And what I've seen is there's still this kind of like old adage of almost like corporate tribalism where where like like hires like in tech and you still hear things like hiring for culture fit. And it's like, well, no, like I don't want more people like me. I, I hear enough of my own voice. I want something different. So I have seen in the last year, I've, I've seen it really start to change. You're seeing, you know, more hires being made in DEI. There's way more accountability. There's more of a magnifying glass on, on big companies and platforms, which means there's more pressure to just accelerate things happening more quickly. So it doesn't happen overnight. I think that you're going to start to see fundamental changes happening as it relates to hiring pipelines, hiring processes because of this increase in accountability. Mm -hmm. And that will lead to more and more diversity. So I think it's still very early. Like we can't pat ourselves on the back yet saying, no. we all hired DEI leads and you know, <laughs> take the box. I think one of the things that I am the most proud of at Triple Lift is the diversity of, of our team, like partnerships specifically between the 14 of us, we have really strong representation from what would traditionally be underrepresented groups in technology. Like two thirds of the team is identifies as female. We have representation from the LGBTQ community, myself included, representation from the black community, the Asian community. We have immigrants, we have first generation immigrants. I'm obviously an immigrant myself. And so we're chipping away, certainly, but I think it's second inning overall for our industry. That's how you do it, right? Yeah. Chipping mm -hmm. away at it. And, mm -hmm. You know, Sonia, you're from progressive places. You live in progressive places, but discrimination can happen anywhere. Can you think of an experience or two where something like that happened to you? And how did you overcome that when faced with it? Yeah, I think it's honestly hard for me to think about an overt instance of discrimination. But of course, that's a very small part of it. And I recognize also when I say that, that I'm among also subcategories of privilege and that that's not the case for everybody. What I have witnessed is 
like microaggressions, kind of those those small acts and comments that that add up over time. And I think the most helpful advice that I've gotten for that in that arena, when you witness those, is you just ask people, what did you mean by that? What did you mean by that comment? And that sounds a really powerful message because it's not particularly confrontational or aggressive because some folks aren't necessarily comfortable in that arena, but it really puts the onus back on the person to articulate, what was it that you meant by that? Perhaps making them a little uncomfortable, you know, and maybe in the process, making them do some introspection about what is it that they meant by what was said. And I think that's the type of thing that we need to be doing more of in addition to very obvious, like squashing the overt discrimination and unconscious biases that we see in tech. Yeah. How have you sort of worked with other folks in the businesses that are sort of coming up and who are some folks that that you look to that sort of helped you in your career as well? Yeah. So we're fortunate at Triplift. We have a, a couple of specifically women that I look up to tremendously. Jax Contrell being one of them, our chief revenue officer. Also Julia Shulman, our chief privacy officer. It's been really interesting to see how they lead their teams, how they hold their own in the C-suite. I've learned a lot just by watching the way that they interact. And in terms of working with folks that are coming up in the industry, one of the things that I try to do with, with my team, and I'm trying to get better at this, they're probably going to listen to this and laugh. I'm trying to get better at this. That's the caveat. <laughs> is to really be an active listener and not be prescriptive with advice and empower them to arrive at their own solutions to the problems they bring to you. And part of that, of course, has to mean that you're okay with a little bit of failure if they don't necessarily get get it right the first time and being supportive in that regard, but really empowering folks to bring their own ideas to the table and letting them go down whatever route they think is the best one instead of saying, well, actually, I've been doing this for X amount of years and I think that you should do this. Giving a little bit of guidance, but ultimately leaving the ball in their court to, to solve the problem and supporting them along the way. I really like that. I think as a leader, that's one of the things I've learned to do a lot better over the last couple of years is just to really listen because there's a, there's a difference between listening and like really listening. Right. And I think it's a hard thing for a lot of folks to do, but I think you're spot on there and that being a, a great quality in a leader to really hear what your team is, is saying and guide them as opposed to telling them. Really yeah. appreciate that. And frankly, they're the ones on the front lines. Like yeah. I'm old news, you know. They like it's been a while since I've been been leading those conversations with a lot of the partners that they're they're in the trenches with on a day to day basis. So learning from them as well because they're my ears to the ground. Yep, yep. What are you reading these days to stay up to speed on what's going on in our space? So you know the usual trades. I love Ad Exchanger. I've always loved Ad Exchanger. I'm a huge nerd for the Jounce Media reports. I read those. Every month when they come out on supply path optimization and the market outlook reports, a shout out to Chris Kane, you know, and Digiday and Adweek and all of that. Those are kind of the industry trades that I stay close to. That said, I'm a big reader. I don't really read any business books. Almost everything that I read is maybe this is my Northern California side showing, but like spirituality, Buddhism, things like. Eckhart Tolle and Pema Chodron and Michael Singer, like all about 
consciousness and mindfulness and being present, which honestly, I think helps me in, in my work more than reading actual business books would. But that's what's sitting on my bedside table. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Where do you draw inspiration from these days? <sighs> yeah. So those books are a good start. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have so many like notes in my phone that are just little mantras that I, that I write out. I do like a gratitude journal every morning. And I think that that practice is so important. Mm. Just writing down three things you're grateful for. And you're not allowed to write things down that you've written down before. So it can't be like the basics. And you just realize how much good there is, despite how much difficult stuff is happening in the world. That's been a really nice area of inspiration. The other one, nature. Like I said, I, I get out in the trees, hiking as often as I possibly can. We're pretty spoiled in California having access to it. I draw a lot of inspiration from just being still in nature. I think that's, that's one of my biggest hobbies and passions as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And for anyone that is either entering our industry or maybe in an entry level role in our space, looking to grow their career, what type of advice would you give them? Well, it's a fun time to join digital and ad tech. Everything is, everything is changing. <laughs> My advice would be to become a specialist in something. So take up subject matter expertise in maybe it's an emerging channel or a new platform or one of the paradigm shifts that we're seeing like identity changing or, you know, the rise of CTV and how that's changing programmatic. I think there's a lot of people in digital and media that know a little bit about a lot of things, but there are not a ton who know a lot about very specific things. And that also means like if you're newer to the industry and, and you're more on the junior level, you can do a lot of damage in a good way in like six months by becoming an expert in something. I mean, I, I can think of people at TripleLift who are so valuable to our company because they bring expertise in a very specific area. And what's interesting about like the dynamic nature of our industry is you can become somewhat of an expert in that subject matter area in like one or two years. That's doable. Whereas this, there's this kind of like tenured approach in many other old school industries. We don't really have that because everything, the nature of everything is so dynamic here. True. Great point. Great point. All right. Fun question. I love asking every guest that we have on the podcast, which is to give us the top three apps that you use on your phone, but you can't name email, calendar, or text messaging. Okay. Zillow is one of them. I love my real estate. I love design. I'm just like addicted <laughs> to Zillow. I get the alerts all the time and I'm like, this is not in my price range, but sure. What is it? And then yeah. I screw up. The <laughs> While I'm in there, I'm going to check out your walls. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Zillow knows a lot about me. So that's one, probably NPR. I'm a mm. big podcast listener. I love like Hidden Brain and Planet Money and, and those types of that's kind of how I introduce myself to the morning. And then honestly, probably Instagram. I'm still a fiend. I'm a story poster. I love my memes. Yeah, I haven't really figured out TikTok yet, which like my millennial is showing. Zoomers would laugh at me. But <laughs> Instagram, I'm still a sucker for it. Can you believe that Eric's not even on Instagram yet? I'm trying to get him off, but he's I, not there. 
Like, you know, how are you going to see what been, I'm up to, man? <laughs> it's, been, it's been so long. Now I'm, I'm like resisting because it's been so long. Yeah. Now you know? you're cool because you're a holdout. <laughs> He's on Clubhouse, but not Instagram. Okay. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for saving me there. I mean, there we go. Okay, then you're like, cooler than me. They're like, now nah, we're back. <laughs> you're cooler than me because one of my best friends, she's super into Clubhouse. She's like constantly on there, and she sent me an invite, and I'm like, I don't even know like how to be on there, how to join. So I'll be the Clubhouse holdout. We're like three years from now. I'll be like. I'm that cool. I'm there not even on there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's been a blast having you, Sonia. And thanks again to our friends at Marketing Edge for sponsoring our podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can find us where you where you find all of your audio and video. Just search Minority Report Podcast and look for the logo. Thanks, Sonia. Thanks, guys.